Thanksgiving. We're back. We're here. We haven't had the trip to fan yet. Um, <laughs> yep. By the time they hear this. <laughs> right. Actually, y'all probably be out on your asses. Uh, this is episode 10 of the Boondocks podcast, where we are going to be covering uh, the itis, uh, in which Granddad opens the itis, the first and only soul food restaurant in Woodcrest. White people never expected it. They did also didn't expect high cholesterol, heart disease, and obesity. Who <laughs> <Ooh>, children? <laughs> but before we get into that, uh, let's talk about, I don't know, any happenings you guys want to share? All that good stuff. So much, so much. I would like to say I w- I'm thankful for all of you. Aww. And putting in the time oh. for this, uh, I mean... I, you know, when I found that there was no podcast for this and I, I said, you know, I, I can't do this. (laughs) This is not for me to do. So I need to find those who should be doing it and can do it. So, and I'm so happy that I found you guys and that you found us. And and so, uh, and we're, and, 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 and do too. So yeah, hubby. Uh, so all y'all, I mean, I'm, I'm so, I'm thankful for all of you guys and you guys, you guys, you, you guys make my, my lady happy and that makes me happy. So yes, I love the way that the universe works. I could have not been on Twitter that day. could have not come across, you know, that tweet and, uh, even more so I could have done what I have a tendency to do as an Aries is kind of talk myself out of things. That's that's um, what he does too. Like I literally was like, "Have have you done something about that yet? Have you reached out yet?" Because like you're good at that shit. I can't do this. You need yeah. to actually like find people. <laughs> like I'm yeah. in. If you can find people, I am so in. And it just it worked. Um, yeah. You never know what's in store for you. I know a lot of people this year have had a tough year, <laughs> um, and I have to say that I <laughs> am thankful that we have been blessed to kind of avoid things. Um, You know, I just unfortunately, not to like take it all sad, but just unfortunately learned about somebody, a schoolmate of mine that I went to school with since seventh grade, um, passed from COVID two days ago. And that was like a, whoa, you know, um, a big slap in the, well, not slap in the face, but I think a big reality, you know, um, check. And because she was, she just turned 40 um, on the 6th of November and then passed on the 24th. So yeah, so um, 
more and more to be thankful for every single day. And to have you all in my life is something that I um, I cherish and that I'm gracious for um, and that we are doing so well that we've, well, let's say that we hit it off, first of all, that we all meshed, yeah. um, but that we are doing so well and getting the response that we're getting. So I'm thankful for you all. I'm thankful for the podcast. I'm thankful for the boondoxing being created. I'm thankful for all of our listeners and our fans. So love. Yeah, all of that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I uh, we're recording on a different night than we usually do. And tonight I before coming here, I was in therapy. And one of the things that I kind of was joking with my therapist about was that I was gonna go see my other therapists after. Because like that's what it feels like sometimes. Um, and actually she's listened to a couple of the episodes and, and it's like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> so oh my gosh. Um, that's really cool. Yeah. So I'm I'm thankful for you guys. Hell yeah, I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for black Twitter. I'm thankful yes. for the oh few God. black people I know in real life. Um that number is is growing slowly as they figure out that, you know, there are other black people in Seattle. We find each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hey, anyone out there, if you are in Seattle, hey. <laughs> Hi. I would love oh, more black friends. Like you see other black, I'm sure MJ knows, you see other black people here in Walnut Creek. Some of them are like, oh my God, you, you, and they wave. Oh, Others no, no, like, I am not that person. I don't know you. Right? Yeah. I don't know oh, you. Yeah. I don't have to know you. It's yes. like when like yes. when, when bikers pass each other and they do the they do the 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 low the low five thing oh. when they're passing each other. <laughs> So, yes, that's gross. We need to do Wait, that. People. <laughs> I can't stand when I see somebody and I do the smile. I mean, now it's kind right? of it's hard. Yeah, so person, socialized but, in us. Yeah, so now I just kind of nod, you mm-hmm. know, or you know, do oh. the what's up. And if I don't get it back, I will. I mean, I may not say it out loud, but I may be like, "Yo, stum, you know." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I before the masks, before the masks, I got in the habit of kind of doing that, like that tight lip nod mm-hmm. as you pass yeah. by people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and now I I don't have to do that stupid face. So it's like you got the mask on. You're just like, yep. Yeah, hi, there you are. Uh, what's up? Hey, you, what's up? You don't yeah. know that I'm not smiling. Hey, so, <laughs> you don't know that I hate <laughs> you. Guess what? <laughs> I will say this: I am definitely one where I never used to go out without makeup or something. Like I don't care if it was powder. I don't care if it was primer. Something. Now I'm kind of like you can't see half my face anyway. And if I have sunglasses on, it's a wrap. So now I'm kind of like I'll run to the store with. Put my mask on, put my sunglasses on, and I'm good. Um, that is one thing. But the older that you get, having that mask on is not the best for our skin either. Something I'm noticing. Yeah, like, I, well, I, I definitely to have to change my uh, my routine because yeah. that was definitely. I've been complaining about it to Dean. I'm like, why is my face breaking out only right here? Right here right, for me. Yeah, oh, right, yeah here. right along the yeah. edge. Yeah. Fuck. Not cute. Gross. Not cute at all. Not cute. I'm looking for like new <laughs> I am skincare. almost 42. I do not need that shit. Girl. That's what I feel like. like. Y'all leave the house? Wow. Oh, no. <laughs> barely. Barely. I mean, I should, I feel like I should have gone into, okay, let me say this differently. I feel like I should have gone into the building I work in, not, not going into work, but to go into the yeah. building this week because, you know, it's been... I don't know, a month. And I have stuff that I really need to get out to students. But just just the act of 
getting fully dressed and running yeah. a comb through my hair and finding a mask and walking because I have to walk to work. And, and it's just like, it used to be that I would wake up and within 20 minutes I was on my way to work and I was excited and that walk was great. And now I'm like, I pass by people. I have to go by that uh-huh. apartment building. Uh-huh. Ugh, I have to walk over the freeway. Like everything is just such, so much harder now. <laughs> yeah, it's, I really it dawned on me last night. I was like, oh shit, I don't have, I have a couple of the things that I need for, for dinner tomorrow because it's just going to be me, mm-hmm. hubby and the boys. Um, we're staying our asses at home. The numbers are crazy, um, mm-hmm. especially in Sacramento and in about seven of the zip codes that pretty much cover like the southern part of Sacramento into like midtown Sacramento is where the hotspots are. And of course, my one of my, my zip codes in there. So I'm just like, we don't need to go anywhere. Like I, I ordered, I'm so thankful for delivery of Walmart today because I couldn't go do my normal order and go pick it up mm. because they didn't have any, any times to do that. So I paid a little extra, a little extra, but I got my food delivered in like an hour and hour and 15 minutes. So I was like, Ooh, didn't have to leave the house. Um, yeah. I think there's one thing I need and that's like lemon juice, but I'm like, I can literally go across the street to Seven Eleven and grab that if I really needed to. But other than that, I'm, yeah, I'm, are you guys considering taking the vaccine? I, okay. So I actually was just talking about my, ther- talking about this with my therapist and where I am right now with my mental health, the only thing that's really holding me together and keeping me going is the idea that this is going to help end it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I believe in Dr. Anthony Fauci, and I believe that if he will take it, I will take it. If he thinks that it's safe, I, I will consider it safe, and I yeah. will do it. That's, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm fully aware and very scared about everything having to do with it. Trust me. But it is literally, you know, that one bright, shiny thing that's keeping me. Yeah. Why, why yeah. would, why would black folks ever have any questions <laughs> right? about vaccines? Yeah. Talk about yeah, that too. I mean, that's weird. I don't know. about that too. You know, I've been like talking history. about that a lot actually with people. <laughs> Why? Why does that bother? Really? You have really? Can we talk about the really? whole history of vaccinations like, and yeah. gynecology and yeah. everything uh-huh. built on black people? Oh, sh- <laughs> there I am talking again about that. Yeah, <laughs> but it's legit. Like, I, if somebody ever asked that, it's like, well, read a book. Yeah, Google black people yeah. and vaccinations. I don't know what you need Shit, to do to I be think able to like find fucking it. Netflix has yeah. a couple of good, you Tus- know, Tuskegee Airmen. Tus- oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Tuskegee oh, yeah. experiment. Yeah. Is yeah. more, or even yeah. just 2020, like pregnancy mortality rates for black women yeah. are out of this world. Are you kidding me? No, I can't believe that. Like, I just, I don't know, you know, if this is, I, okay, I don't, I know what it is. I haven't ever had to be in that situation where maybe my, you know, my, my prenatal care isn't the best or whatever. I mean, I will tell you, I got pregnant at 19 and the first thing my dad did was go and take me off his insurance or so he thought. Um, at that time, it took a very long time and you weren't really able to take kids off of anybody that was under a certain age off of your insurance, you know, without showing that they had other insurance to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, well, at the time he thought he did it. So I went and got on Medi-Cal and basically I had double coverage through Kaiser, which was great. Like I, wow. I had the coverage through him and I had that. 
So I ended up having a pretty good, pretty good <laughs> birthing experience and things like that, just to say. But so at the times in my life that, well, which was only with my first son, that I probably would have been in a situation where money or, you know, medical care would have been lacking. I was blessed, you know, by my dad's fault or whatever it was. But I just, I feel like in 2020, how is there that big of a discrepancy or how is it, how is it that big of a, uh, an epidemic, you know, that the, the rates or that there, there's even like death in childbirth at mm-hmm. this point. I feel like we've come so far that uh, those other are, than preconceived. I think those things, are two I mean, different things. So I think, okay. So there is, um, for women in general and black women in particular, a long history of the medical whatever not paying attention and not believing like levels of pain and shit. So mm-hmm. I fully believe that I could be like, I, when I went in for my appendectomy, uh, my emergency appendectomy, the doctor was so fucking rude to me. And basically it was like, well, you probably just have an ovarian cyst. It's not that big a deal, you know? And like basically making me think that the pain that I was actually acknowledging wasn't as bad as I was acknowledging. And Mm -hmm. like what she didn't know is that I'm a chronic pain liver and my seven means I'm in an emergency situation because if I get to a seven, I'm actually admitting that I don't have control over that pain anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that does not Mm -hmm. happen. Yeah, And I I definitely understand from like you telling that story because my mother lived for about five years needing a full hysterectomy. Uh And every time she went to the doctors, they told her it was the pain was in her head. Mm -hmm. The pain was in her head. The pain was in her head. And then ended up finding out she went to a black male doctor who said, no, you are like just full of fibroids and, you know, scar tissue and this and that and everything. So at the age of 35, she had a full hysterectomy. So I understand when there's like negligence or when they, you know, are not believing you. I guess my question was, it's hard for me to believe that that is able to happen in 2020 when there should be so many checks and balances within our medical system. There's like some studies. I have to find this. There was a recent study in medical of medical schools, and it was like across the board, people like rated their their what um, the the people <clears throat> the doctors that would see them in this mm-hmm. medical school, the mm-hmm. people of color routinely r- rated lower than average, and white people above average at the same places. Like hmm. it was, it's it's systemic. Um, yeah, I have to find it. I will say I was sick for a long time in New York state for about two years, really sick, um, having cramps, debilitating, just sitting on the floor in my cubicle in the office because I couldn't move. I couldn't drive myself home. I couldn't walk to my car. Mm. Um, they just kept telling me it's just IBS. It's no big deal. I moved out to California. First time it happened, went to the doctor and right away, the man said to me, I did not need you to come in here. I can look at your family history and tell you, you are high risk for colon cancer. You need to have a colonoscopy stat. They found the polyps. They took them out, all this shit. But what he did say to me, which always stuck, because it is, even though we do mention Black women in particular, um, the United States in general has a higher mortality rate for pregnancy than I think most first world, quote unquote, countries. Mm -hmm. Um, But he said there has been a change in medical school. And this is according to my doctor. I don't really know. He said... Medical students today are trained to treat symptoms, whereas doctors back in the day were trained to treat root cause um, and issues, diseases. Mm-hmm. Right. And to get to know the people. 
Mm-hmm. So they don't really want to know what's wow. wrong with Tiara. They would just want to say, oh, she's she's feeling some pain in her abdomen. Give her some Pepto-Bismol. Oh, it was more, and this doctor was was very clear that she didn't like that I was fat either. That was fun. Oh, so. my sister told me that too. <laughs> she said to the yeah. that they're rude about it. Like, oh, yeah. Like I one of the one of the clearest oh. memories I have of being in that hospital room is the doctor very sarcastically asking where my belly button was when I was basically oh. doubled over in pain. What in like, the fuck? Right. Yeah. And you know, granted, I um am a lot smaller than I was then, but even at that weight, that was like the weight that I used to play roller derby at. Like I I was way more healthy than I was than I am now at a skinnier size. Wow. So, yeah, it's... He'd have to pay what he owed. I'm sorry. I may not be able to get to you now, but give me a couple of months, sir. <laughs> I, I, wow. I, yeah. I'm dumbfounded that people have that experience where you're supposed to be able to go and feel secure and being who you are and being accountable with somebody else who goes, hey, let, let's just get to the, you know, the the meat and potatoes of what's going on and let's work, you know, let's work it through together. Like there's supposed to a practitioner, you know, that's what a doctor is supposed to be. And a practitioner is involved so much more than just getting in and making you feel like freaking shit. And then, you know, subscribe, prescribing hella different drugs and things that are going to give you side effects. And then like another ailment. Um, I mean, we've talked about it before. You listen to any of these damn commercials for any of these drugs on commercial, you know, now, and it's like, Death. And it's like, well, of course, that's the worst thing that's going to happen after you just listed 150 other side effects that can help me to grow longer eyelashes, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah. Wow. That. Yeah. I, uh, I just sent. May may cause leg whistles and armpit fungus. (laughs) I just sent a a link to our, our group chat, but I'm also going to have Dean include it in the show notes um, about, uh, it's an article that came out in September. Just it's a it's a good article. I remembered it, so that's uh, that's why I'm sharing that particular one. But they they talk about a bunch of different studies in there. It even references the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. So um, there's some good information in that. Well, you know, maybe this is why you know how we're having a big push to have black banks. You know, yes. um, I think maybe the next step would be having black hospitals. I black hell people. yes. I saw I saw an ad for like there was a black bank on CNN talking about a bank for our people and like helping small our small businesses and I'm like this is fucking national TV that was fucking beautiful is it Greenwood (laughs) I I didn't catch which bank it was because it was like the news and I was God that makes me nervous it makes me think about Tulsa yeah well that's why they're naming it that they're saying like let's take it back Killer Mike is the one who I was telling you guys about it a couple weeks ago he's the one that's the creator and the founder and you know what the um, he his partner is was the owner of um, what's the channel you like babe Bounce Um, he created Bounce and um, and TV One he has something to do with like TV One now but he's you know very well off uh, an investor and they got they raised 300 million dollars um, in and like this a is, very short amount of time. This is like out in North Carolina or something, right? Um, well, they started it. Well, they started it. Killer Mike is uh, in Atlanta. Okay. So they started out in Atlanta. And so it's an online bank. And um, okay, so like those, I'm on the waiting list for right now. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was Green confusing Day. that with, uh, with the group that bought land for black people to be able to create their own city. 
out on the Oh. See, all these little stories that I read during the week, <laughs> and then I need to find it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the Greenwood, Hubby just pulled up the website. It's Modern Banking for the Culture, a digital mobile banking experience made for Black and Latinx customers. Um, and it's definitely going to focus on helping small businesses and getting, you know, Black people just financially stable and understanding investments and, you know, paying it forward and all this good stuff. And I'm on the wait list. I'm like number 30,000 something. Um, but as soon as they tell me I can open that bad boy up, I will. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, real quick, to clarify what I was just saying, I was wrong, wrong, wrong about the where. It was also in Georgia. 19 families bought 97 acres yes. of land for, to, build right. a, to build a black safe city. Yep. Yeah, I did, I did hear about that Yeah, right after the election. I remember yeah. somebody was talking about it. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's, so Aaron Magruder was supposed to be coming out with another show with um, Amazon. And it was, it was going to be based upon right after the Civil War. And basically it was going to be where Black America, a certain part of America was going to be for Black people only. And it was going to be our, like our shit. So it was going to be like the Southern States. Um, and it was going to be modern day, but what it was going to be like to... If that had happened. Have that. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't if know places what happened like, to it, they're talking about it about... Like if Tulsa had survived. Or yeah. That, what was that uh, United Shades of America that where he went over to... It was South Carolina, um, where all the black people lived who had been there for... Oh, yeah. Basically forever, almost. Uh, and they had their own... Uh, and I, my, it's escaping me now. Uh I'll, have to we'll look, have to find I'll look that up sure. and I'll put it in the show notes because that that was really Big awesome as well. United Shades fans, anyone out there, if you have not mm-hmm. watched uh, United Shades of America, do it now. Do it. Okay. Hell I'll yeah. Bell. Also, it was called Black America and it was uh, Will Packer and Aaron Magruder. And this came out in August of 2017 when this was supposed to be happening. So huh. I don't know what's happened, but it was going to be an alt history drama. And it was... Um, it, they envisioned post-reparations America. So what it was is that we received, Black people received a certain part of America as our reparations. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll send it actually in the group chat yeah. too, so you guys want to read it and then you yeah. if you want to put it in. But this would have been really freaking like, I, I want to know what's happening with this, but just to think of like, what if this would have, you know, would have really happened? What if this was modern day? Um I wonder yeah, if so. uh, the the um, <laughs> the storyline from the Watchmen that they did the TV show on recently. I wonder mm-hmm. uh, when, like, if that influenced each other, or if that was around the same time um, when the comic came out originally. Could have been because you know Regina King, you know, has yeah. to do with the Watchmen, so maybe right, right. it could have. It could definitely. Like yeah, but yeah. that. Yeah. That's it, interesting. So that made me think the, of that. So it was, and it was the Gullah Geechee people. That's, oh yeah, that's so. right. They had their own, basically had their own little language and yeah. and culture, and it was beautiful. I think that's pretty awesome. Like Akon is starting his own city in in Africa somewhere. Um, I don't know. Is that where that group came from? Who the rapper who you can't understand? <laughs> Which one? Yeah, is that Little Pump or Little Spice oh, Nugget oh, or? Um, never even oh, in the same city, and they're from like North Carolina or something like that. And they're like, "This is just how we talk." But it's that. What's his name? 
Oh God. Um, I know you're talking about because he dropped like he's completely dropped off. Um, panda, panda. Uh, you know. Yes, we sound so old right now. I yeah. can see him. I have no I idea what you're talking about. So, uh, you probably, if I sang the song, you might be like, "Oh, I've heard a little bit of it." Designer, designer. Yeah, it was a song a few years ago, and it was like "Panda, Panda, Panda, Panda," and that's all you can understand of what he said in the song. Um, yeah. So, anywho, he could have been from there. That could have been, but that's very interesting. Shouts out to those individuals. I think that you know, if they they can make it work, and there's some other families, like we can start having you know these little cities all over and they'd be real scared then i just picture donald trump as an out of shape gaston where he's like you can't let women read they start getting ideas you can't let black people dream right right so yeah other than yeah that's the other thing i mean good lord this man is cutting into his 60 days with his his pouting um and, you know, as, as Jimmy Kimmel calls it, his squatter gate, um, <laughs> you know, I think it's what day 21, uh, or day 22 that, you know, yeah. Well, that day two. 22. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with that is one thing in current events that we can, uh, talk about too, is that, uh, the GSA finally certified that Biden mm-hmm. is the apparent winner. She won't call him president elect. Yes. Uh, ascertained, uh, as the apparent winner. Um, so fucking like I don't know. Like, there are so many people that are actively like campaigning for jobs at whatever Trump does next that it's just so fucking sad to me. Like, we know if he doesn't go to prison for a very long time, there is going to be fucking Trump TV and Trump newspaper, and seventy fucking million people are going to pay attention to him and only him. Isn't that what he was he was going for yes. when he ran for president? He didn't uh-huh. think that he was going to get it. So he was trying to get, a, a, you know, a, a Trump news station or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, fine. Go ahead. Tommy Loren and all you other freaking idiots. Go ahead. Y'all go. Be idiots. Spout out this idiot, you know, rhetoric. Because there's so many more people now that know that, that well, there's so many that don't or don't want to admit it, but there's so many more that realize that it's a crock of shit and what he did to our country for four years that I think it would be very difficult for them to to take over and be this big news mogul like he expects to. Oh. Um, first of all, you don't have any money. I probably, <laughs> have news I probably have more money than he does right now, but... I mean, yeah, he keeps getting his supporters to send him money right now. Like, although, like, oh, can I can I just like for a second just glory in the notion that all of those millions of people that went over to Parlor already have gotten their information stolen from them? Like it already got hacked because they were fucking <sighs> idiots and tied social security numbers in with getting to getting access to part of the site. Hello, fucking fraud. Can anyone yeah, like smell yeah. this? Yeah. Like you guys don't, you, most people don't have the idea or the, the grasp of the dark net. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or even like a, a gray net. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are totally, your shit is fishing around the dark net right now. People are getting brand new cars. There's going to be some people in Maseratis. There's mm. going to be a whole lot of shit on you on all. Yeah. And they're going to wonder what happened. And they're going to blame it somehow on Biden somehow. Well, of course. Uh, of course. Of course. But what it's Obama. Yeah, Obama. <laughs> yeah. Everything yeah. is Obama's Obama. fault. Everything. Yes. Speaking of the greatest, oh, greatest president, I think. Did you guys happen to see his his um, interview on Jimmy Kimmel? No. No. Oh my gosh. Watch it. It I is the best the... 25 minutes. It's so good. 
he also interviewed with, I don't know if it was on CNN, I want to say, but it, it might not be. I don't know. Um, did watch that. And it, it definitely made me um, nostalgic. Yeah. But, it, the, you know, I also kind of feel like, to- I don't know. I <laughs> Now I'm going to get depressed again. <laughs> Uh, no, we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. He had some funny stories. I think it's very funny that um, the the it's uh, that the video is titled uh, that he's afraid of Sasha, and so <laughs> Kimmel brings that up, and he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah." Like he got so serious, but he was joking. He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Well, she reminds me a lot of Michelle, and I'm afraid of Michelle, so I am afraid wow. of Michelle and Sasha. And it's just so funny to see like just an inkling into, and you know, just a fly on the wall in their household. He's the one that's made fun of, you know, completely. <laughs> um, you know, he thinks he's cool. They basically let him know you're not. Um, As they should. They're know, children. So, children are supposed to. Yeah. yeah. They said, oh, they haven't read his book. They're like, we'll get around to it. I'm like, they don't want to read your book. You know what I'm saying? They were there. They don't care. But right, I think they it's were so there. Cute. Yeah. But I just think it's so cute. I'm excited to read his book. I haven't been this excited to read a book that was by a political figure ever i don't think um i still have yet to read michelle's book but um i think i want to read his book before i mean his book is 700 and something pages and he really just gives you the behind the scenes of what he can of course about his decision making and his presidency and his life during that time and so i think it'll be really cool to read and refreshing after the four years we've had with you know the reality tv president that we've had so i think it'll be nice so yeah, but definitely watch that, guys. That's my recommendation for the week. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, anything else that you want to talk about before we dive into this episode? I, I, wa- I wanted to say oh, yes, please. that I was thankful we have, uh, as of today, hit 500 total downloads. I would also like to thank again Justin from the Smoking Reggie's podcast yeah. for coming yeah. on last week with us because awesome. uh, that that was a heck of a lot of fun. And yeah. what I'd like to, and I, I'm and we can cut this out if you want. Uh, but if I was thinking that he would be a good guest host if any of anybody was out. Oh, like I, since I'm going to be out of town if, in a couple of weeks. Is that what you're thinking? If you're if you're out of town, he could he could instead of trying I mean, to record from Portland on my yeah, phone. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I mean, instead of putting off if things, I it's just, it was yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. it was something anyway. I thought, and I, I but I wanted to bring it up to you, uh, and I haven't asked him about it yet, but I of course I would ask you first. So before yeah, I even. No. That'd be cool with me, especially because he is such a fan, and you know I think he really appreciates the commentary. Oh, on, he's brilliant. On, yeah. yeah, yeah, really cool guy. So I'm, I'm completely down. I'm good. And I know gender is bullshit, but I do think the show, since it centers so much around Granddad Riley Huey, like it is good to have. Not that you don't count Dean because you do, but it is good to have <laughs> that voice of like you know, like a younger black man here on the show. Oh you yeah, know, my of- knowledge is very. Any knowledge I have is super new. So yeah, I have not been raised uh, in any way, shape, or form in the black community. Uh, I He's have been, been doing a good I, job of waking up on his own. I've been raised. I've been raised very white. So hey, uh, listen, a lot of people who I know who've been in the military told me major growth happens in the military. Uh, yeah, I will. How. I will agree with that. And mm-hmm. I, like I was yeah. telling you earlier, yeah, I you know, yep. that was that was definitely my first culture shock. So, yep, you're correct. Yeah. 
So, um, also a thing of thanks, uh, Diane Feinstein will be stepping down as Woo, top Democrat on the ju- on the Judiciary yeah. Committee, uh, and also, also fuck you to Trump because Georgia, <laughs> Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Nevada have all been certified. So. All certified, homie. All fuck certified. Him. Now, like, now okay. on with the show. On with the show. Hey, also, we we should absolutely talk about the fact that we are talking about the show that makes fun of soul food on the week of soul food. Can we just do that? Can yeah. We, can we just? Very true. I am but so you know excited. I, I'm here for this. It happened like this kind of came at the right time because the itis is something that is going to be said Oof, tomorrow, right? So many times, and Friday <laughs> and Saturday until the, the until the leftovers are gone. So I thought today I was like, "Damn, this is actually perfect!" Like, look at the universe, right? Put us right. In. That's exactly. I was like, it's almost like you planned it, but then it yeah. wasn't because we ended up having a week off unexpectedly, which made yeah. this happen. So, yeah, so. It's perfect, but it you, you guys, <laughs> it, a lot of people that will be falling asleep at the table like the poor, like poor Jasmine. <laughs> Aww, mm, you know, head first, just Daddy, boom. I don't head. feel good. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> oh, baby girl, it's just the itis. It does sound good. Oh my yeah, God. Right? Is that the first time you've done Granddad on the air? Uh, probably. I try, I try, I, I, I do great. I try to do granddad. I think I do him. Okay. Yeah. I try to do uncle ruckus every now and again, but he's, oh, that he's, he's, me out when you do that one though. <laughs> uh, uncle Ruku. <laughs> <laughs> he could be a voice he's, actor. Yeah. He's like a combination of like somebody that smoked like Winston 100s. <laughs> and then, but it's drunk. And then like, there's a, there's a mixture. There's just a phlegm. There's a whole bunch of them on there. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, that was a good one though. I, I like that. You could do it more often. You just throw it in there. That was good. But yeah, so you ever try whooping his ass? <laughs> I think that's my favorite one from him. He he says that all the time to me when I'm like talking about work. <laughs> no, Dean, I've never thought about that. <laughs> hey, some people need their ass whooped. Um, I have no comment on that. Right. <laughs> on with the <laughs> He's making me crack up. All right. This is so funny. So (sighs) I, hubby was trying to get me to remember what fast food restaurant came out with a sandwich similar to the Itis burger. Yeah. There was KFC. KFC. KFC, Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Was it between the Krispy Kremes too? I don't know if it was the donuts, but I know it was like because that's the thing I remember chicken breast yeah. with with more chicken in the middle and cheese and all this bullshit. Uh, I don't know about the donuts though, but I do know that oh. there are. Oh like my Vegas, god! It really, like, it really is the Luther Burger. So, so the restaurant. I. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean, said. the Luther <laughs> Burger exists. I don't know from the where yet where it came from, but holy crap, it's. Between three thousand and six thousand calories. Oh my gosh! Like, don't eat ever again. Like, you eat that and literally don't eat. Like at least for a week. Origins. That is ridiculous. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he really, it really did. Uh, according to legend, the burger was named for and was a favorite of and possible invention of singer, songwriter, and record producer Luther Vandross. Oh, wow. 
I could see it. Never too much. Never too much. That's what that, <laughs> I mean, that he got big at one point. That is for sure. <laughs> well, you know, black people used to say Big Luther, Little Luther. Like that was a thing. Yeah. But which Luther do you want? Big Luther, Little Luther. Um, yeah, they have it right now. And uh, well, no, not right now because every you know restaurant in LA is shut down. But <laughs> uh, Randy's Donuts has a version of it. Uh, what you say? Awesome there, this is actually a, we've, yeah. We, so there's actual shows where yeah. So he's like, "Come on, Miss, I make him watch travel shows and travel and eating shows, and that's what he remembers it from." So there are three restaurants in LA right now that have their version of this, whether they call it the Luther or give you know the Boondocks their their shout outs, Krispy Kreme Burger. Oh, the fair had it. Well, that's a good place to always find very healthy food at the fair. So, oh my God, you guys, this looks crazy. <laughs> and the patty is like burnt to a crisp. It is so dark. Ugh. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Luther, like, I just started going down a rabbit hole, so I need to stop because it was taking me somewhere other than what we're talking about. <clears throat> Yay, ADHD and weed. <laughs> And we all have it because we're all doing like, 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 what like, 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 I mean, I will definitely be having dinner on a bed because that's kind of where I eat most of the time right now, uh, where I live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, sometimes I make it to the couch, but eh, not always. Um, and uh, my my beautiful, lovely, wonderful husband is um, actually making my favorite winter meal tomorrow. Uh, big old roast and potatoes. Slow cook Aww. all day long so I can just smell it and my mouth will water all day. It's going to be wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you go in the kitchen and you like look and you, mm -hmm. yeah. you just lift it for a second and you're like, oh, I'm so hungry now. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be me. That sounds good. I haven't had a roast in a while. That's really good. Lindsay, what about you? Uh, we're doing Italian Thanksgiving and my husband is stoked because Thanksgiving is always spent with my family since his family's in Italy, which, you know, that means so food. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of bummed, but he's like, yes. Oh, we're going to have white lasagna and we're going to, which is fucking macaroni and cheese. But I'm going to get into that later. <laughs> and he's like, we're going to have white lasagna and all this other bullshit. <laughs> no, eat it, but. You have my husband cracking up right now. He just like laughed on <laughs> because I'm gonna get into that later, man. I'm telling you, man, it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> what about you? What are you guys doing, well, you and hubby? Oh, um, we have a tomahawk steak. I bought him two. I took it out already. I took. He just jumped up to go take it out of the freezer. I was like, I took it out. No. Um, I bought him at uh, Father's Day. I bought him these these like three and a half pound tomahawk steaks. Wagyu, like really, yeah. Wow. Um, 
And he's made sure we, we did one during the summer when we camped and he's like, we are saving the other one because it was not cheap. I had to like try to run to the check stand before he got there before, <laughs> you know, she rang it up. And as soon as he walked up, she's like $67 and he's off for two. For six. I was like, it's going to be so good. But yeah, so we're finally busting that out. Um, he makes yams because I don't eat yams. I can make them, but I don't eat them. So yeah, not a fan. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't do them. Um, you know, the good old baked macaroni and cheese. Mm. <laughs> he, he's giving me thumbs down. Ah, wait, about the macaroni and cheese or about the yams? <laughs> yams. <laughs> yeah. My dad uh, yeah. would too. My dad was so mad that I never got into any form of sweet potato squash or like any yeah. of that. I just, I can't mm-hmm. do it. It's a texture yeah, thing yeah. for me. It just like yeah, potatoes have to be cooked a certain way. I, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put in the chat a uh, a YouTube video from Letterkenny about. <laughs> about cooking steak. Girl uh, Mark's bud. Girl Mark's bud. Okay. Uh, yeah, so macaroni and cheese. Oh, carrot. This is one of my favorites from when I was younger. Carrot, raisin, and pineapple salad. No. Yeah, I never had it. So good. Oh my God, it's no. so good. It's so, it's like sweet. It's kind of like, yeah, it's so good. Um, when we all meet, the first thing I'm going to do is be like, eat this. Okay, oh my God. And, and I'm going to be like Riley in this episode. Oh, I know you're trying to kill me. It's really good though. It's not bad. It's really good. I believe you. I, I believe you. Know. you. Know, I would love some of our listeners to let me know if they have ever eaten it and how good it is. It's really good. I mean, um, I'm a weirdo that likes to put red hots in my devil's food cake. So... Oh, I like that though. That's sweet and really good. Ooh, that's good. Really yeah, good. I like to put um, hot tamales and popcorn, but that's different. So... Okay. Um, oh, green salad as well, because I know my husband and my other son, they're not going to eat the carrot salad. Um, I would eat the carrots out of the salad. I've had the carrots. And what else? Oh, my son, my youngest one, it wants to make a meal. So he's making Parmesan herb roll dinner rolls. Ooh, Ooh. that sounds lovely. About him too. I know. He's so excited about it. He's like, mom, do you have all my ingredients? I was like, I got you. Um, And then dressing. But I'm, me and my son are the only ones that eat dressing. Damn it. I didn't get any cranberry sauce. Um, So yeah. So dressing. Oh, you need cranberry sauce for your, I forgot. For your mac and cheese, too. I forgot. We can go to Big Lots. Sorry. We're thinking, like, what store will be open tomorrow? Because I totally forgot cranberries. But yeah, so I will have the itis. Um, oh, and I'm making salmon, too, because I'm not a huge beef eater. So I'm going to try to leave, leave more of his steak to him. Yes. <laughs> I, That's, yeah. Okay. I He's being so inappropriate right now. <laughs> well, I love, I love salmon. I eat salmon a lot. He hates it so much. No. Like, my mom and I, like, salmon growing up was, again, born and raised in Seattle. So it was really easy to get salmon. Yeah. Um, yeah probably the best. Oh, my Holy God. Yeah. Fact. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Christmas morning would always be this giant salmon that we would, like, cook. And it was absolutely delicious. And it's one of my favorite things on holidays. But I know that since probably I'm going to be spending the next few holidays still in this house. I'm not going to be getting it. Uh, (laughs) And I know my mom listens to this. So mom, it's like the one thing you you taught me when I was a kid that I still cook today when he's not around. (laughs) Yeah. I got some salmon, a couple, Mm. a a nice little, you know, paid a little extra for a couple, couple good pieces. Um, Because whenever I cook something, it's like my nine-year-old all of a sudden wants to eat like me. So I had to get a piece because I know he's going to want some too. Um, 
but yeah, so that's that's it. And I'm so happy. I'm gonna do it in my pajamas. Mm-hmm. I am not putting on a lick of makeup. Um, I'll probably start drinking while I'm cooking in the morning. And uh, it's gonna be the best Thanksgiving. It's gonna be perfect. So good. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm really like the the one thing that I'm looking forward to tomorrow uh, is. Uh, and yes, I, I'm going to be video chatting with my mom, who I love very much, and hopefully my half sister Cheryl, if we can get the timing right. Um, and my dad, who I just taught how to use a video on his phone. <laughs> <That's> uh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I haven't seen my dad uh, in months. And like when he popped up on the thing, I'm like, oh, my God, your beard looks like a, your black Santa. Like he's got oh, this giant wow. beard now. Um, anyway, so I'm you know, that'll be that'll be nice. But I'm I'm going to be uh, video chatting with uh, my sister's kids and her best friend and her family and um, some more friends of that family. And, you know, this is. Uh, it's been a year since they died or since she died and they are, uh, I mean, they're in Trump country. So it's, they, it's been a lot of, you know, they need, they need people. They need to remember that people care about them and, and their well-being. And it's not just about, you know, being right. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, like, well, we talked a few weeks ago, but I mean, they're 20 and 15. So, mm. yeah. It will be interesting. I love to hear, you know, just the kind of insight of, you know, people that are much younger right now um, and um, how they feel about where we're going, you know. I mean, mm. those two lost their dad 10 years ago and lost their mom last year. Mm. So, like, they're not. They're both ancient. They're not, they're not 20 and 15. Like, they're yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like much I mean, older for their oh. much wiser and experience. Yeah. Having to yeah. deal with things. I yeah. mean, yeah. Trying to well, convince the 20 year old that it's okay that he can't take care of his brother by himself. And it's okay that he right now has to depend on his dad's parents, his dad's family. And it's okay that right now is hard because it will get better. And, you know, that's, that's really like these kids have been through a lot of shit in their life. And, you know, I, I I don't know. I think I'm probably going to, uh, once the younger one turns 16, I might try to advocate for him to, um, I don't know. What do you call it? Divorce his parents, divorce the people who adopted him. Um, oh gosh. Emancipation. Yeah, emancipation. emancipation. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I have a couple people who I've, did that in high school. Yeah. I've, I've, I think that they staying up there is not good for their health, but I don't yeah. have the yeah. right to anything at the moment because we all signed paperwork saying that they would go there. And, and, uh, so yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I hope that turns out good. And, you know, I think a lot of people are zooming. Yeah. I think it's going to be like better for some relationships and and family, uh, and families that they zoom this time and yeah. not actually with each other. So, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, much rather do a thirty minute zoom and maybe play some games or say what we're thankful for, and then get to maybe drinking again or something. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't know my family had family secrets until I got drunk and started spilling up. <laughs> Girl, I mean, that's kind of my mom. (laughs) 
believe me, half the shit that I know about like her was not told to me on purpose. Stuff <laughs> never is. It always, yeah, it always comes out. Um, my mom doesn't listen to this, so I'll be, I'll, I'll okay with saying this. But I remember my mom just <laughs> slipping up and telling me, "Yeah, do you remember like when I was like um, putting meth in my um, orange juice?" And I was like, "What? What?" <laughs> But right. she's like, oh yeah, everybody was doing it. Like it was like, it had just come out and it was in powder form. And I was like, what? I thought only David Silver was the only person <laughs> I ever knew that it put meth in there. <laughs> 90210 <laughs> reference for the rest yeah, of you. Brings yeah, a yeah, whole yeah. new meaning to juice. Hey, that was actually, that was a pretty popular way to ingest it around here when I first heard about it. Because yeah, that I, was something that I, I knew a couple people did. Yeah. No, my my mom's the kind of person that at like Christmas dinner back when I was like single and living in an apartment, and it was me and my roommate and the person he was dating, and and my mom starts talking about her firstborn. Oh, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was my reaction. <laughs> Which is why I say my half sister. Remember when I said my half sister Cheryl? That was who I was referring to. <laughs> yes. Oh wow! And yeah. how old were you? Um, oh God, I see it was before I bought this house. So that would have been probably, well, we found Cheryl after I met Dean. Yeah. That was the first time I met your parents. So I'm it was probably like three years before that. So maybe 15, 16 years ago. Wow. Uh, she told me that. You were full of grown. You oh yeah. Grown. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was a, I was a grown grown. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like within Hell the next year, room. within the next year is when I bought this house. So. Wow. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, that was that was a fun one. Like, I love my mom to death. She's it runs in her family for this kind of shit to happen. Like, you know, uh, a few years ago in the middle of conversation, she'd be like, and then, you know, like that time when I had cancer and like, well, huh? you know, oh. those are the kind of conversations that I will have with my mother sometimes. So, you know, it's. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know I if mean, it'll ever come up at dinner. Like that time that we were swingers, or um, <laughs> probably, yeah. it probably will. You'll be you'll be like a great grandmother by then. You'll be like, hey, guess what I used to do. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it doesn't show up at dinner. Remember when you were swingers? <laughs> Your son. That's true. That's true. Yeah, hubby just pointed out something good. Like it'd be more like. Oh, that's what you guys call it is Polly. Like it'd be something like that, I guess. It would just come up like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I guess that's what parents do. I guess you, you know, it's not, you don't just share everything, I guess. Um, <laughs> but that's interesting. That's it's the stuff that comes up. But yeah, well, it's the stuff I that you don't you realize. I think you win for like surprising. In that case, like it, it's it, it's always kind of been that thing with me and my mom that she'll just forget that she hasn't told me. Um it like literally her reaction was like, I never told you about her. I'm like, <laughs> when would you, I, I'm pretty sure I would remember that. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, right? Like I smoke, but not like that much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't even really smoking pot at that time. I was, that was when I was trying to be respectable or whatever bullshit. Um, fuck. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Back, back, again. We were on the show and then I'm again. So, no. well, I, shit, there was something, um, God damn it. There was something that Lindsay said and I meant to write down because I totally remembered something in the, in the show that reminded me of it. 
I hate it when that oh, happens. Oh, was it about like me saying I didn't know we had secrets until I got drunk and spilled them? <laughs> Much like Riley saying that that peach cobbler and then being <laughs> like, so you apologize right now because that's what you, happened with you me. You say and my the mom. quiet part out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I felt bad. Like, I know it's a cartoon, but I literally felt bad. I was like, I'm just trying. I mean, just try it. Like, you gotta try that. My my problem definitely was like, this kid has no fucking social skills here. Man. Like, he Man. had no idea how, like, like that was really hurting her. Yeah. That was really hurt. Like, she was going to start crying. I would have started crying if that was happening. I mean, he said it looked like throw up with peas in it. And like, <laughs> Peas. It was right, right. Why are there peas in the peach peas. color? <laughs> <laughs> like what? So mean. Um, uh, another confession. I don't like peach cobbler either. I don't like anything cobbler. Oh, I love Ugh. peach cobbler and I love rhubarb cobbler. No. Oh my <laughs> no. god. Yeah, great. No, rhubarb is not. Have it. Mm, no. As every um like True. black relative says, you just haven't had my peach cobbler. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Because that is what every black person says. Like, <laughs> like what you got to say about my mom, my grandma, my great grandma? They could cook, but like, yours is going to change my life. Yeah, right. I know. I can't. Mm-mm. I don't care if it's with ice cream. I don't care. Like, I can't. Yeah. Don't put it in front of me if you don't want me to hurt your feelings. Like, rightly. <laughs> I love it, man. Oh, man. I, I literally said as we were, as, well, at the point when Dean came back in the room when I was still watching it over and over again. I was like, you know, Riley is one of my students. Like, he's just, he's not being an asshole for the sake of being an asshole. Like, he genuinely doesn't seem to understand why this is not appropriate to do when you have company over. He's like, he's speaking his truth. He doesn't see what the problem is with that. Right, right. It's like, I have a mind and opinion too. And that's, it kind of reminds me of my nine-year-old because my nine-year-old does that. And it's like, dude, we've taught you how to speak up for yourself, but you need to learn how to not do it to us. Mm-hmm. Like there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Do it to everybody. They don't do it to us, but he doesn't seem to get that. So, yeah, um, not as bad as Riley though, because I would my son would have a bell like with his name. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, but yes. So I um, one thing that I did take from this episode and that I took from before was the you know the kind of background of why black people eat. You know, yes, actually, that is a great point. Uh, we have a clip about that. Great, that was amazing. I'm psychic, I don't know how to do that. (laughs) You want to keep playing around now? You can wash the dishes, granddad. Look what you've done to this community. It's not that bad. Not that bad. This place used to sit between a coffee shop and a day spa. Now there's a liquor store and a damn foot locker. This food is destructive. This food is your culture. Then the culture is destructive. He's right, Senior Freeman. All African-American slaves had to eat was the parts of the pigs the slave masters wouldn't eat. But that was a survival technique on set. They didn't really have a choice. I don't think people are supposed to eat this stuff, or at least not so much. What? I can't take an Afro-American studies class at the community college? I love that that was added on in the end. <laughs> what? I can't take a, like, I, I mean, so that <laughs> the, the illegal Mexican Chico or Chico as, uh, yeah. what's his, as what's his bucket would call him. Wunsler. Thank you. Um, he was, he literally like he and Huey there, they were on the same level. He was like, man, he's, he's telling the truth. Like I'll, I'll cook it for you, but it's fucking gross. And yeah, it'll kill you. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's so bad. I that's why we made the decision. I had already pretty much stopped eating pork um prior, but then my husband said, you know, I think it's gonna be a family thing. And he's like, I don't want to eat anything that is kind of like a bottom feeder. I know we've discussed this before, but we haven't eaten pork or any um like a large amount of like shellfish, um, some seafood in years. And probably like three, I think are you sure? Three years only? Or more. Uh, yeah, so I think it's about four. I think it's four, four years. Um, yeah, it's four. So it, I, I understand why. And people ask us all the time, are you Muslim? What, what is this? <laughs> and it's like, no, it's, it's a choice on our health, but it's deeper than that. Because we have the choice to not eat the freaking throwaways nowadays. You know, um, we have a choice to eat healthy. We have a choice not to be forced to eat chitlins, which I would never eat. I don't care if somebody had $5 million check right in front of me. Mm. I wouldn't, that would not be in my bank account. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't want to get into the, uh, into the health food versus not health food quite yet because the, this particular, um, uh, the clip that we just talked, that we just listened to, it was more about how that food, uh, ignoring the, the origins of that food, uh, and ignoring how bad that food is for somebody mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, is basically grandpa's whole arc. You know, <laughs> this whole thing yeah. is him going, look at this awesome food. I'm going to eat all this food, make all this food. Well, we can't have regular vegetables. They have to be pork vegetables. We, you know, I got to put the fish and bread it in pork and I've got to get pork tongue and I got to, you know, all of that um, because he's enthusiastic. And, you know, at one point we find out that they started doing Sunday dinner because of the movie Soul Food, which mm-hmm. honestly, I never watched. And I'm really glad I didn't. <gasps> you didn't? I have not. I have not watched that one. I, uh, and I'm having listened to the recap a few times now, <laughs> I don't see any reason to want to, eat, want to watch that. I want to eat that because it's all about eating a food that makes me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh, it's a good movie. It's so much like <laughs> they kind of dumbed it down to that. Yeah, I know. It's really know. more about, um, well, yeah, no, it's it, about I mean, the family that and, and yeah. Yeah. And it's a commentary like on black families mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the inner toy more turmoil, turmoil, I can't spot, talk that goes on um, and how we kind of ignore certain things, um, you know, within our culture as a whole. But then the soul food brings it together like, well, this is a time that we are a family. But Overall, we are a family over the food. That's not the best for us. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're frying things. We are, Everything. you know, yeah, you know, um, and then putting more, you know, shit on top of it when you're putting like pads of butter on top and, and sugar and things like that. So, oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, it's good. And that's why I think like the, the, the separation comes between grandpa's generation and the rest of us. Like, yes, it tastes good. But then when you're 75, what is going to be happening to you? Right. <laughs> you know? um, like, I think of, I think of those things like chitlins and, and the neck and the tongue. And like, I remember my grandmother making those things and literally mm-hmm. saying, we do this cause it's cheap. I can get a lot yeah. of it and feed a lot of yeah. you for it. So yeah, yeah. it wasn't just that, you know, our, uh, our culture brought it up as, mm-hmm. as a survival thing. It was still a survival thing, like well into my lifetime. Oh yeah. You know, uh, my grandmother had, uh, I always have to think of the picture when I think of how many aunts and uncles I have. Um, there are eight altogether. So my, my grandmother had eight children and yeah. six of them 
in a very short period of time. And then like one like far ahead and one far behind. Mm. And, you know, that's for a family that that lived with, um, you know, a plot of dirt in a shack. And like there were chickens out back when I was growing up that I remember my grandmother going out oh. to get ready and for dinner and stuff. And like that again, that was in my lifetime mm-hmm, still. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like yeah. I've always grown up thinking of like shit, hooves and 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 snouts and like all of that stuff. I think of my grandmother and I think of the big giant pots on the stove of jambalaya or in her words, whatchamacallit, where she would just put it. Like, she would put whatever animal product she had left over into it and, and like a couple meal, vegetables yeah. and like cook it for like two days. Yeah, yeah. Throw some rice and beans in there. Right, exactly, exactly. It goes far. Yeah, it's definitely out of necessity. It's out of need. It's out of you, of course, still wanting to be able to put food on the table for your family. Mm -hmm. Um, And so many of our families come from siblings of six, eight or more because my mom's from a family of six from Jackson, Mississippi, you know, and that's where a lot of my family still is. So Alexandria, Louisiana. Yeah, so (laughs) it it is cultural in a way Mm -hmm. because it's in it's. It's just completely intertwined with who we are and where you're from and kind of what your family history is. And like I just said, the makeup, how many people were there and all that, you know, all that good stuff. Um, I just I I wonder. Five, 10 years, 20 years in the future. Is that still going to be something that we rely on um, because the same need, because the way that we we're going now you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like we are just doing so great where everybody's above a poverty level or everybody's able to, you know, go to a regular grocery store and buy just regular chicken versus buying chicken feet. Or, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it may be. So I just I wonder. Think, well, I, I think that what's what it really is going to depend on is the whatever the next generation and what they do with what they've been taught. Like, mm-hmm. From this episode, like what I'm seeing, I see Huey like trying to get the family to eat more healthy. And so like one, you know, when when it's grandpa's turn to cook Sunday dinner, it's all soul food, which is all grilled or not grilled, all fried and like thick with batter and and lard and butter and uh, and Velveeta. (laughs) And then like juxtaposed against when when, when Huey is the one creating the food and everyone has all these vegetables on their plate and you know not to mention the fact that they all had to run to the bathroom after instead of go to the sleep yes. bus, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was hilarious yeah, all you don't eat yeah. vegetables they gonna make you have the runs I wanted to stand up for soul food after watching this fucking episode yeah. you guys I hate this okie doke bullshit have you guys ever had what is it like a raclette or I think French people say raclette or whatever. It's all over social media right now where they show the giant thing of cheese, the giant wheel of cheese just melting and the guy comes with the sword and cuts it onto the table. Uh Um, So there's that. What about foie gras? Do you guys love foie gras? It's not fucking fatty ass, right? Me either. I don't like that shit, but it's fatty ass duck liver. What about Mm -hmm. sweet breads? Only the finest Yes, Yes, the brains. I know. Like other cultures, haggis. What about haggis? Like other cultures, (laughs) All the same bullshit, right? And people look up to it. Don't fuck with the haggis. (laughs) 
<laughs> See, like people look up to it as either like with Scottish people, I don't think they like re- say like haggis is refined or what I think no. they look up no. to it as like this is our culture. And like with all this other French bullshit, like it's high fat, it's a lot of cheese, it's a lot of wine. Yeah, um, yeah, right, yeah. Too, uh, Filipino people, I think, eat a lot of um, tripe, uh, which mm-hmm. my yeah. mom like other cultures do all this bullshit and we respect it and we look at it as refined food. Lobster was fucking prison food. No, wait, wait, wait. Let's go back. Let's go back. A lot of cultures that we, that we quote unquote look at as refined are white cultures. That is my point. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Because I was like, I don't think that frog legs are high culture, but apparently some white people do. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, I think um, I could be totally wrong. I think people in like uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, et cetera, also do frog legs and stuff. Uh There's a lot of, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Right. Everyone down there has a little French in them. So, because one of the the things that. Yeah, one of the things that uh, would would ca- all those foods would cause over uh, that they they ate over in Europe was gout, uh, those high fatty foods, and that's yeah. why that's why it was called gout was called the disease of kings. Mm-hmm. See, and there you go. Uh. Like, look at it, it's like it's refined. Do you have? Do you even have the palate for this? No. Like people have this kind of vibe. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm not into that. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I'm not getting up here on this podcast and advocating for the unhealthy practices of soul food. I agree. We eat a lot of fat ass shit. It just is the way it is. It is comforting. It is delicious and this and that. Um, I think the big thing though is portion control. Mm-hmm. Like I said, French people mm-hmm. eat a diet that is high in fat, but they eat portions that are seriously five times smaller than the shit we eat. Yeah, yeah, um, true. That's so one thing that, that I'm right. There's a whole vegan, there's a vegan chef out here that I was just looking at her. Um, she was like, my holiday meals are sold out. And she was saying that she was getting ready to deliver them today. And I'm telling you that plate, I was like, that looks like some damn good. It was macaroni and cheese, turkey, dressing. Mm-hmm. Um, she had made uh, some squash and something else. And I was like, that looks hella good. Now, would my husband think the same because it is vegan? So it's, you know, I, <laughs> Dean, I Dean's know, like I'm shaking his head. I could do it. Look at Dean. Like, Look, I will, I will try most things. <laughs> <laughs> I will try most things. I have a lot of vegan friends. I like some vegan food, but I... I don't like vegan cheese. I've never liked the consistency of vegan cheese. I have yet to find a mm-hmm. vegan cheese that melts in a way that I'm okay with. Um, and this is, I'm speaking, I'm speaking strictly yeah. as an autistic person with some massive issues when it comes to the food that I eat. And it's all about texture. Uh-huh. Like, that's yeah. why I can't eat fatty foods. It's because of the texture of biting into that is just revolting to me. Um, so, so like, you don't like, like, the fat on the, like, steaks? Or nope. like what me? Nope, my dogs like, like it though. <laughs> I yeah, I don't either. My husband's like, "What? There's so much flavor in there," and I'm like, "No, yeah, like, no, yeah, no, yeah. no." Like, if I had my way, I would probably eat like chicken with no skin and pasta of some kind every night. <laughs> yeah, because it's I can do that. you know I could change the flavor on that, and then I wouldn't have any texture issues. <laughs> Maybe some fresh vegetables because I don't like cooked ones. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And this is why Thanksgiving is so hard for my mother and why she should be thankful I'm not coming this year. Uh, <laughs> easy on her. Easy, well, right? Love, you don't have the giant turkey because I'm the only one that eat, eats the dark meat. So she's getting turkey breast for one or for two for her and her roommate. And like that's really about all that I eat on Thanksgiving. Like he'll eat all the stuff, but sometimes I have some ham. But yeah, I also can't eat gigantic meals anymore. Like my portion size is 
the size of my fist most meals. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> my portions are good. My portions are good. Well, yeah, so at least I know whenever we get together, if you guys come out to California, whatever it may be, I won't order a vegan meal for everybody. Well, just, just don't tell right. Dean it's vegan. <laughs> and you're probably just okay. Just get me some of that Santa Maria barbecue. Uh, it's Santa Maria barbecue. See, I'm, huh. I'm all about uh, They the make that, tri- that tri-tip out there. <laughs> oh, so good. I'm guessing you watched that on some travel show or something. No, I've, uh, I, I've, oh, I, I know family X that oh, yeah. was in that area. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's right. like, we'll talk about it. How you I know, know. <laughs> you know, those people, you know, you know who they are. Yes. <laughs> but I do want to drive that point home. Like just to close it out, like, just like how Dean said, right. The food of Kings, like French people can do this shit, English people, Swedish people, and it's all good. And it's, it's fine dining. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when black people prepare soul food, it's kind of, even by our own culture, it's given the side eye, like y'all, yep. like even how in this episode, he was like, you guys aren't past this kind of like, you got to get past this again, health of it. Not great. Don't go crazy. You don't have to eat it every Sunday. Every yeah. Yeah. Or every yeah. day. And in, in case of this, you know, TV show where all of these white people suddenly gained like 500 pounds in a month. And they were like crack addicts. Right. <laughs> and and right. even to that point, if you think about it, isn't that kind of Americans in general? Isn't oh, that yeah. kind of our vibe? Like, Give me whatever I want, when I want it, how much I want it. Yeah, I want to oh, yeah. eat uh, a sandwich that has two breaded chicken breasts for buns. That's what I want. Give it to me. That's what yeah. we do. So, like, I, I don't know. Just don't take any shame in it. Don't side-eye soul food. It is your fucking culture. And just because kings didn't, kings in the white perspective, so to speak, didn't eat it, yo, Kings and from our kidnapped kings did eat it. How about that? Yeah. So yeah. And, and did what they needed to do because they were not familiar with that at all. That's right. not where they came from. You know, we came from, you know, they saw an antelope, but they probably killed the antelope, ate the antelope fresh or, you know, whatever else, right. yeah. um, you know, fresh fruit and berries and, and whatever. And if they were close to the water, then seafood, that's not what they even, I, I don't think they probably knew what a pig was, you know, to be honest, right? Like maybe they had boars over there. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but to to then be able to go, let's go ahead and make a meal out of it. That's one of the other things that is just so fantastic about Black people. We are damn resourceful when we need to be. The the other kind of main theme that was running through this episode was um, Wunsler's uh, idea of how to devalue Woodcrest so he can buy the land that he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, uh. And like full on, play the play the thing. I need to be thinking urban, more Negro, the black thing. That's what's happening now with the kids. Right? The black thing. The black Mm -hmm. thing. But -hmm. in his mind, it's not because he wants a successful restaurant. He literally wants to devalue the park across the street so he can buy it. So, I mean, I know where I'm seeing this coming from, but I'm curious, uh, what is it? about having a soul food restaurant in a upper class neighborhood that is going to how why does he think it's going to ruin the neighborhood like why does he think it's going to bring down values enough so that he can finally buy the land that he wants oh I, go ahead go ahead no no go ahead go ahead go ahead I, 
knows? It's the same joke I made when we moved out here in Walnut Creek. Like people are probably like, damn, there goes the property value. <laughs> like if you, you see one black person, that means more are going to follow. Mm-hmm. We moved out here because we don't want to be near black people. Uh, time to move further out in California. Time to move more so towards Tracy or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and they are moving there uh, in droves. It didn't. It didn't show in this episode that this restaurant was attracting black people. Like he specifically was aiming for the upper class white people that he really didn't like. Anyway, he didn't like. He didn't like any of them. Mm-hmm. Like, he full on said, "I don't like you people." When it was the health food restaurant, and then he's like, "Get these ingrates!" You know, when they're not making money for me, I don't care about them anymore. Get them out of here and. So, yeah. but how did he know that? On the bed. Yeah. You know, something that they call hydraulics. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. Made by, uh, what do you say? The Mexicans? The Mexicans. Yeah. Like, like the Mexicans do. Yeah. Um, he doesn't, he, he sees dollar signs. He sees green and everybody. And that is the color of money. It has nothing to do with envy or anything, but that's what he sees no matter what, who you are. But why does um, he think it's going to devalue the, the property? I think because deep down he thinks that Black people screw up everything and that, you know, other people are so scared and deep into their, you know, their fears about black people that that like that's the end that that's the end result no matter what. Like no matter what, it could be as successful as once, but something is going to fuck up. Um, I mean, the way that he calls grandpa free man mm-hmm. says a lot. Every you know, time so, he's always over pronounces that free man. Yeah. And introduces As if him you're like okay. That. You're an okay black guy. You're the, like, what? You're the, <laughs> what's the word? I can't even think of it. But yeah, like basically intimating that, you know, this is the one black guy that I'm okay with. Oh, yeah, hey, to- hey, that actually brings up, because I almost said the thing that I bet Wensler was saying in his head. The N-word was not used in this episode once. And it's the first episode that we've come. It's the only, it's the only episode, episode ever. It's the only episode in the series that does not have the N-word really? in it. So... <clears throat> I find that oh, interesting. But my take on it was that mm. it maybe like it's not being said, but every, I, at least I think this is what you're driving at is kind of like same conversation we were just having about soul food, right? It mm-hmm. hinges on these behaviors, right? Soul food is a black thing. So if I bring this element of black culture into this upper class neighborhood, it is going to take this neighborhood down to the level of how I see, not me, Winsler, sees black culture or how people see soul food, which is Mm -hmm. unhealthy, dangerous, uh, risque. Mm -hmm. Oh, we have like, quote unquote, food addicts, crackheads hanging out Uh in the park across the street now. We have Foot Locker and a gun store here next to the restaurant now. So it's a way of still kind of devaluing the culture, so to speak. So then he Um, can come in and swoop in and make it, you know, mm -hmm. that nice, white, safe neighborhood again. Like he could be the savior when he comes in and, you know, buys the park. And so, yeah, definitely. It's like it's all in that motion and that notion of like, Black is wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's black, it ain't right. So let's go ahead and do what we need to do. And I'm going to make some money off of it in the interim. But as soon as it's not a benefit to me anymore, then I can let it go. But then here I go. I'm just going to go ahead right across the street and and turn this into probably like some high rise apartments that no black people will be able to afford. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So it's, it's very much what gentrification or what a lot of people will say gentrification is now. Um, you know, you know it's, they, it's funny that you said that because Dean and I have been having this conversation over the last couple of days about if there was a term for um, 
So this isn't the same thing as a black family moves into a white neighborhood and thus every, you know, it it turns black. It's more that Mm -hmm. a white person is intentionally using a black person to devalue Mm -hmm. the white property. So it's not quite like he was saying it was reverse gentrification. Yeah, like it was like a, it was like they were, because it was, it was all nice and white. I feel like, I feel like gentrification is about um, overwhelming and driving out the culture where that's not what Winsler's doing. He's literally just trying to use a culture in order to devalue another, I guess. Well, I, it was kind of like, it was very gentrified as it was. Yes, I know. And then it was like, I have to take this down. I have to de-gentrify this to re-gentrify it in the way I want to see it. That's kind of what I was thinking. And I get that. I get yeah. that. I just don't think that that de-gentrifying <laughs> is the that, right term that, or yeah. fits the right, because right. gentrification in itself does not fit with what's happening there, I guess. I can see it. And I, I, this is the way that I guess I kind of look at it like that is because there'll be neighborhoods that are just like riddled with crime or maybe it's not riddled with crime, okay? Maybe it is just certain areas of that area are riddled with crime. But the entire area will be, you know, tapped as an area that is full of guns and drugs and whatever else. And when you really go back to it, so I'll say, let me go back. Oak Park is an area out here in Sacramento that has that label. Oak Park is the oldest neighborhood in this area. And it is also one that used to be most um, flourishing and used to be full of black businesses and black homeowners. And like it was like it was like the, you know, the Greenwood district of Mm -hmm. of Sacramento. Um, And a lot of that history is still there. But because certain parts of it, certain streets and certain areas would become riddled with crime, that whole area got tapped with that. That's the my my husband works at the high school there. So let me tell you, when I moved here, I was and when I got old enough to go out by myself and go out with my friends, you better not go to Oak Park. Oh, you are not allowed to go to a sack high game. I was a cheerleader and my dad was like, you're not cheering. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have to cheer. So luckily I got to. But only because when my high school went out there, we had police escorts to and from the game. OK, <clears throat> I know people now that I meet as adults and we talk and I'm like, you had sack high during this time. They're like, yeah, you and Elk Grove. And they're not scary. The kids weren't scared. Like it just was that whole, you know, that whole conversation that had been built around it. So what what I think is happening is that they allowed that area to be pigeon held as such a bad area for so long that it would provide the opportunity for people to come in and then start bringing in the the businesses and re, you know flipping the houses to make it a better area. When overall. It wasn't a bad area. Mm-hmm. You kind of get what I'm saying. So yeah. they they do that by the um, the label that they give it, and then they come in and they're these like supermen who come in and they change the whole area. But it's you know no what you guys did is you added like four or five restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you added a new housing development that you know everything's modern. Or in the so, case of Seattle, you opened up a weed store in a predominantly black neighborhood when there's no weed stores owned by black people in the city of Seattle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's still people in jail in Seattle for drug charges, even though we decriminalized marijuana almost a decade ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. Maybe more. It's it's that. It's gentrification by that point. Like you allow certain things to happen, and they're the ones that have the power within the city. You know, they're the the council members, they're the mayors, they're the ones that have the control. So, but you allowing that to happen. And then when there are some, you know, uh, improvements being made, then you guys kind of take. Uh, credit for that when 
it, it's it's not due to you. It's due to maybe who's moving in the neighborhood. It's due to the residents finally being like, well, you know what? I'm moving into my grandma's house and I'm going to, you know, redo my grandma's house so that we have some equity in it. And I'm helping to make the community better. Um, so, yeah, so that's just the kind of way. So I, I agree with Dean in that way. And that's the kind of way where I was looking at it, where I say it was kind of like gentrification or reverse in a way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I know, Lindsay, I'm sure that you see that <laughs> like more in like Oakland area, um, you know, anywhere outside of like Walnut Creek, really. Oh, you yeah. probably, I mean, you, know, you see that a lot. I'm pretty ignorant to California, to be honest, but I know when the Black Lives Matter protests were going on here, that was the commentary I heard the most from other Black people was like, yo, we are not out here in Oakland uh, burning stuff and tearing stuff mm-hmm. down. Like, mm-hmm. that is the the kind of younger, uh, no, no shade to anyone, that is the younger white generation who's yep. out here doing this. Yep. It is not yep. us. Like, why would we tear down what we built, you know, yep. was kind of the vibe and that... Uh, I know my hairstylist, like I told y'all, she has a chair out here in Walnut Creek in her shop in Oakland, but she's told me they are basically forcing all of the black salons out of Oakland in the area yep. she's in. Uh, they, they, Her owner let her stay because he sees her as a safe black person, um, sadiddy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't bug mm-hmm. her. He's ha- fine with her staying there. But the other uh, braiders and hair weavers and hair salon stylists, et cetera, barbershops, they're pushing them out so that gentrification can move in. But even to the point here, I think I agree with everything you both said. I think it is also a commentary on like how Donald Trump even though I think Donald Trump is a flat out racist, I'm sure he actually believes this. And I think a lot of other Republicans, white, black, Mexican, whatever, also believe this Asians um, that they are not racist. They don't really give a fuck if you are black or Spanish or anything. They don't give a fuck. They care about how much money you have. Mm -hmm. And so everyone who is below a certain uh, income bracket or people like me who end up at the top of corporate and and put on their Twitter profile, all my niggas is close to me like there's a certain <laughs> level of lowbrow people who just are lowbrow and that's it it's not about your race it's yeah. about your class and yeah. so I think that's kind of a commentary going on here as well I like that and you know it's kind of also a commentary on like equity and mm-hmm. you know having investors help you and it's and it's some people might go, that's a far reach, but this is what I took no, from I it don't think so. where we are now. Yep, you know, yep. you had this white investor come in and go, Ooh, I love your idea. Let's help uh-huh. to make your idea like a mainstream and great. But what it really ended up becoming was that Pops was just an employee. He mm-hmm. wasn't a business owner. That know, was, he wasn't yeah. co-investors. That so was actually something kind of that was something I brought up after like the fifth or sixth time watching it. Like, did granddad actually get anything out of this? Did he make mm-hmm. any money? Did he get anything? whatsoever yeah. other than maybe like two months of owning a restaurant yeah he'd even get the vagina from the girl that was throwing it right? you know, right? he, he didn't even get a hand he didn't even get to, he didn't um, get to spend time with that cutie pie no and then, then she became all <laughs> cracked out and huge and he didn't want that thing right? so um but yeah like it, it, it's it's definitely a commentary on what's happening now and you see that a lot within the, the marijuana industry you know uh-huh. um, these equity programs are great but don't get into an incubator. There's one particular company right now that they're being called to the carpet because all that they do is they say that they're equity, they get people in. And then these people are like, I basically just became another employee. Like I'm growing this crazy strain. I'm doing this cultivation and they're taking, you know, all this, the shine for it. And I'm just basically an employee. And that's not what I got into it for. So, you know, we're definitely seeing that. And that's why, you know, the idea of like those, that family or those group of families that went and bought those, that acreage and they're going to try to build their own yeah. sustainable 
that's what we need to do. That's what those hairstylists need to do in Oakland. You know what I'm saying? They need to mm-hmm. get together. Let's buy some property. You know, there's so many people that want their hair weaves and braided and everything else. Like you guys will all have food to eat. You know, there'll be business for everybody. But I think if we can, if they can go into something collectively their own, be in their own building, be in their own property. And I have to deal with somebody going, oh, you're one of the good Sadidi Blacks. So I'm not worried uh-huh. about you. Or you're one of the ones that, you know, you get people in there selling, you know, rib plates. And so that makes you a little less, you know, desirable. Um, But those are things that we're going to have to do. And I think collaboration is huge. And what we need to do is stop turning the other cheek and turning away from opportunities that can bring our dreams to fruition. They may not come into fruition the way that you wanted, which meant you being your own business owner. But doing that collaboration can get you there. You know, things are going to yeah. take just a little bit longer for us. Um, but like I said, we've always been resourceful. So let's let's be resourceful and, you know, in other ways. So and, you know, but not by making a, a burger that is just completely uh, ridiculous. Big and fat. <laughs> yes. I feel like that's a whole nother conversation. We probably don't want to open up because of time. Uh, we were talking about this on the, on the trash talking podcast last week, I think about like exploitation of culture mm-hmm. to get wealthy, but that's a whole nother conversation. Yes, yeah. Yes. Like the exploitation of culture in this episode definitely was the white man taking, taking advantage of the black man's mm-hmm. culture mm-hmm. in order to ruin a white neighborhood, which I actually find to be, one of the most clever ways I've seen this happen in TV. Like, uh-huh. you don't see the white man screwing over the white people all the time to get what he wants. Not, like, not, it just doesn't really happen that often. So, right. <laughs> like, not yeah. to say that I'm excited that, you know, hey, he didn't screw over just the black man this time, but, <laughs> you know, and, you know, granddad still considers Wensler a friend, apparently, because Wensler is still invited to Sunday dinner. And same with Ruckus. I, I I find it very interesting who da- who granddad calls friends. So anyway, uh, anything else anyone wants to add before we ask our white people question of the day? Oh, one last thing I want to say about yes. the beds. Now, I know the beds have to do yes. with the fact that it caused the itis. But do you think that was another, you know, sub at the culture, Lazy. black people culture? Like, yeah, being lazy. laziness. Yep. La- yeah. Yeah. So I kind of thought about that, too. Um, watching this episode. So I was just wondering if you guys, you know, if you thought about that as well or. I did. Yeah. Yes. But I also mm-hmm. had to like stop thinking about it because all I could think about was multiple people using the same pillow one right after the other. <laughs> and you didn't see them changing the sheets and shit. They were just spilling food. Every- oh, no, God. Oh, Jesus. Fuck. Oh. See, and you guys, you guys are West Coasters. When I was young, like young, probably like 13, 14. That was a thing like older people did that you thought was cool, like all the bed clubs in New York City. I don't know if you guys did that out here, but that was a thing for a while. You'd go to the club and you would just hang out in a big bed and you'd drink champagne and you'd do all your club shit in a bed. I swear. I think even on Sex and the City, they did like a spoof of it. I swear. This was a thing in the 90s. Oh, Oh, in the 90s. I was a goth kid. Oh yeah, I, was I had no idea about. Like, I knew a couple I friends who went to raves, that. but that was the best I. <laughs> oh yeah, I went to raves. You know, like what? heavy metal concerts with kids. Did you guys ever watch the movie Kids? Oh yeah, no, yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah, oh, girl, you gotta watch it. Especially, I knew people like that. I knew people like yeah. that. Did you? Yeah. Oh my god! Absolutely. Club kids. Yeah. RuPaul was yeah. like a club kid. Uh huh. I, I want you to watch it. I want you to tell me, is that like indicative of what a Saturday night was like um, or the summer? 
I mean, I was too much of a baby. I just like saw it on TV. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't have experienced it, but I just would be like, oh, that's so cool. That's I can't wait till I can do that. And it's like, girl, please. I I was in Rochester, not New York. (laughs) I, I, I love the idea of... Like, I don't know. I, I I would totally hang out on a bed with my friends all night with Nick music I liked and drinking alcohol. That that totally would happen. Yeah. But like I would have to have the same bed the whole night. I could not like just get yeah. up and walk like around. Like I would have to just rotate. Right. Yeah. No. This is where I'm sitting if you want to talk to me. Yeah. Because I would think about here. So if I was here, I'd be like, so just let alone of whether or not I was going to lay on it. To be there, I would freak out. So, yeah. But that actually is a pretty hot idea. I like that idea. You know... And now, nowadays, we see videos about clubs in New York that are getting broken up that are, you know, mattresses on the ground, sex clubs. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the middle of a different. pandemic, New York. God yeah. damn it. episode once again. <laughs> and let's not forget, around 2010, 2015, whatever, we had like a bed bug epidemic oh, in New York State. Jesus no. Christ. Oh. No. We I remember going to Vegas <laughs> and being like so spooked. I was like, because in Vegas, you know, you get people from all over. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh God, we're going to bring home bed bugs. Oh my God. And you know, they don't change the top, you know, the duvet or they don't change any of that. That one throw, throw, you know, you always take that top one off and take that off. Yeah, take it off. Always. Yep. Don't do yes, shit on that um, thing. That's gross. Yeah. Yeah. And then my friend was telling me, she goes, well, do you know why they say like never come in and like immediately just get to the get down on the top? you know, yep. blanket. And I'm like, well, because everybody does that. And they're like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's uh, comforter. That's gross. Yeah. That's gross. Okay. <laughs> now that I'm sufficiently squeeged out for the day. <laughs> like, I'm, I, I'm, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think back to how much time I spent in Las Vegas. <laughs> I feel That's like what everyone out here says, oh my God, I feel like yeah. I have my entire mindset. Like I desperately want to hang out with my friends again. I want to go dancing again, but seriously, the idea of going to a place like Vegas scares the shit out of me now. We were supposed to be going Friday. Oh, for oh um, yeah, for uh, our cousin's fortieth birthday. We were like, we'll go. It's cool. Mm. We decided we had decided this like before the you know everything spiked again, mm-hmm. right? But as soon as Hubby saw you know um, Newsom talking last week, and he said, "A hey, travel advisory can't do it." He woke me up. I was taking a nap. He's like, "No Vegas." I was like, "Wait, what? What?" And then Vegas just got shut down. Vegas is on like 25% capacity mm. um, in the casinos. There's no strip clubs. There's no like anything fun. So I was like, so we'd be going to Vegas to sit in the hotel room and then traveling because we'd be going at a time. None of the airlines are leaving the middle seats open. Right. They're booking the entire flights because it's their busiest time of year. So we would have been on there like, Delta. you said who? Southwest and Delta still are, but only until after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then after giving they're going back to right oh well allegiant was it and we were going to go on allegiant oh yeah allegiant spirit, <laughs> spirit and shit spirit like that yeah oh fuck, i love spirit yeah. <laughs> most of the time anyway right now oh okay yeah. yeah so we're not going anyway but yes you're right it, it, this wouldn't have been a good time to go in yeah. yeah yeah the the biggest like i have i have a friend that before things started spiking again we had planned on meeting in portland in a couple of weeks um and Right now, it's like play it by ear because for me, it's travel by train and the way that Amtrak Mm. is doing everything, it's like everything's wide open. They're not selling seats next to each other unless you're in the same party and they require masks and face shields. And like, I feel 
comfortable with that. Like plain, yeah. I, a plane feels like a sardine to me. Like I, I don't yeah. feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, with the train, with the open ports, air is going to be flowing constantly. Yes. And you can wipe uh, down your area and right. know that like that little wipe and down never, is good like, I won't take off my mask if I do this. Yeah. Like nothing's, yeah. yeah. So like, I, I feel like there are still ways to potentially do like little travel, but yeah, I'm I think, super I think bummed because I want to go. I need to. I need to get out of my house so goddamn bad. <laughs> yeah. So I'll ask you this, and we can get to the the silly white people question. Um, do you on the train? Do you go up the coastline to I've, or down the coastline? I've done both. Do I've done the okay. I've done the the coastline, and I've done the um, express from Seattle to Portland, and uh, the coastline one is longer, but it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Um, yeah. I actually mm-hmm. have given some thought to maybe taking the train all the way down to Southern California, like taking the whole coast trip, maybe mm-hmm. next summer. Amazing, yeah. Maybe next summer. So pretty. I mean, so pretty. I mean, just the one I might be able to talk him into that. Might yeah, be able to talk it's a train. It's, you know, just make sure you take your own food because Amtrak just be charging. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. No. I, yeah. I, I go down, like, my best friend lived in Portland for a decade, so I, I know that route very well and I know exactly like... <laughs> yeah, what to take, Yeah. Yeah, never gonna do a Greyhound again. But uh, the trains, I feel, I feel comfy, comfy with that. Yeah, Greyhounds. You don't know when the last time they cleaned that shit. So right, never, (laughs) Uh, never. Anyway, hit me, white guy. All right then. (laughs) Um, by the way, uh, the the last line of this episode uh, is from Granddad. Says, don't nobody go in the bathroom for 35, 45 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Woo, open a window. Well, that's from his, uh, uh, that's from Friday. I love how much they throw in little, little throwbacks to Friday constantly. Uh-huh. It's just little pieces here and there. Every once in a while, somebody will say cutie something. Pie. You're like, wait a second. Yeah. Cutie pie. Yeah. Cutie says, pie. Cutie pie. Yeah. Cutie pie. Yeah. Soul food because there's little, uh, like, yeah. Faith, fuck the family. Like that is a big like yeah. black people uh, catchphrase or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, you might anyway. talk me into watching that eventually. So, uh, so <laughs> I, I found I found this uh, on Twitter, and I've of heard course. and I've and I've I've heard this. I'm sure y'all have heard this before, but uh, isn't it racist to say white people are racist? Why? <laughs> because white, white because is you're, not a race. Spec, you're specifying white a specific is not a race. you're specific specifying well, white people. White is not a race. Oh, um, <laughs> white is not a race. No, I, I feel white offended and oppressed. I feel like even if it were though, like it's not like it's untrue. You know what I mean? It's not like that statement. I'm thinking like high school logic. You know, mm-hmm. uh saying white people are racist does not mean everybody else isn't racist too. I'm just speaking about racist white people uh, at the moment because the country in which we live in uh, predominantly operates on a system of white privilege uh, um, Mm -hmm. that encourages and allows you guys to blindly engage in racism. Mm -hmm. Sorry, not sorry. Even if you don't particularly yourself subscribe to those racist beliefs, you you benefit from them in almost everything that you do. Exactly. Hence white privilege. Please don't get mad at that term because it is very, very much a real thing. Like Mm -hmm. you guys get to Karen's. There wouldn't be Karen's if you guys didn't feel empowered to be assholes, like to just Mm -hmm. be blatant 
racist, bigoted assholes. That's what it should be the next definition next to the name Karen. Well, like yeah. these things are possible because of your behavior and because of the privilege that you all feel. When, yeah, when you're, when you're 72% of the society, whatever race you might be, let's say you're, you're, you know, it could be, had it, it could have been reversed just as easily, potentially. Well, I mean, because. Not necessarily. Well, Think of South Africa, no, where I, black people were still the majority, but were absolutely the minority in the eyes of who was in power. It depends well, on it's, who yeah, was in power. Tr- true. But I mean, when, when we came over here and uh, the white people, I'm saying, uh, came over here and then basically removed all of the indigenous folk mm-hmm. uh, and said, look what we found. Yep. And, <laughs> and, yeah. uh-huh. and, and then brought in, uh, So, and, and I'll get into this, something I'm, I had thought about because <laughs> of this episode, but we, we brought in black folks to do work for us mm-hmm. because they were free. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and then and th- in this episode, only... Only the illegal Mexicans, because now we had to give freedom to the black folks. So we had to and, come up with a way to mm-hmm. still get some cheaper labor because mm-hmm. we don't have, we can kind of sneak around that. So, yeah, that's, uh, that, anyway, that's kind of where my mind went with that. But yeah, um, it, it had, had the, the power structure been different. Oh, we lost Craig we lost again. Craig again. Craig, Craig again. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know why we keep losing Craig. Um, He's a racist. (laughs) 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 Maybe so, but uh, one second. Uh, I'm 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 going to get Craig back in here. Damn you. Now recording. There you go. Thank you, Craig. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, anyway, what was I saying? Uh, That, yeah, uh, white people are racist, I think, because somehow, I don't know how, how did white people get into power? Uh, I mean, how was that allowed? I mean, y'all, y'all should they not. Have, it. You shouldn't have let us ha- do that. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there was like millennia of fighting against that, but white people somehow managed to steal enough power to yeah, yeah. take more. That's. I mean, and that's kind of always surprised me because there are. I think there are more of other colors, other races than white folk. What yeah. I, be, I wouldn't be, I don't think I would be wrong in saying that. I think before white people conquered. In the before four times. I think before white <laughs> people conquered the quote unquote, you know, known world, uh, the, the um, cultures of all of the different people that they came in contact with didn't have that idea of power. So when the white people came and enforced their power on people, they didn't know how to combat it. And, you know, there, there's, again, millennia of wars that were fought over land and all of it was somebody trying to take somebody else's land. It's always yeah. been like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, always since we've become anyway, uh, cultures where we bundle together into tribes and I mean, in a microcosm, that's Donald Trump. I mean, no, it's like nobody told him no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so Donald Trump is absolutely the, the epitome of uh, white privilege. He has benefited from being born to money, to have parents continue to give him money throughout his life as long as they were alive, to inherit money then when they died, 
to get bailed out every time he failed at something new, to never have anyone around him who held him accountable for the things that he did, for <sighs> always having sycophantic people around him mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. all that he was worth to people was the money that he gave them. And the only way that they would get that money is if they, they cowed to him and like let him again have that control and that power. And right. just it's, yeah, it's absolutely. And he is, he's not a rare case study. Right. It may not be to the same level of grandeur, but there are so many, uh, no shade, white men who I know exactly like this. Daddy bails you out. Your mm-hmm. sister calls in a favor. Your cousin knows the mayor of your city and suddenly oh, they know the police chief and then your DUI is, it happens so often. Uh-huh. Um, and I think honestly, like not to just put it on quote unquote white people, I think they got power the same way they maintain it, which is divide and conquer. Mm, yes. Um there were already a lot of, and to your point, Tiara, like I, I'm not going to generalize and say like there weren't other warlike tribes and races oh, yeah, and, there absolutely and groups were. out there. Yes. I mean, there um, were black the, people they, that sold black people, like Africans who right. sold other Africans into slavery. Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime they would like capture in war. Um, my point was and more I, that the, uh, <laughs> no, because they didn't, they didn't invade a lot of the, hmm. They exploited it. Yes. My point. Like, yeah. I'm right there with you. They said, oh, cool. Oh, you don't like that group over there? Oh, yeah. Yes. Bring, come yes. on, y'all. Exactly. Like, get over here. And they united in the usurping of power and continued to divide even to 2020 Day America, mm-hmm. where this shit continues. Yeah. The, like, the only one that I can think of that is not Caucasian would be Genghis Khan. Spain. The Spaniards. Portugal. Yeah, it wasn't just white people, but predominantly the the areas that white people conquered made them richer and more powerful over and over and over again until ultimately they had this huge piece of the world that was all of theirs. Yeah, and they lost a lot of that power, but the people are still there. And so, so another conqueror and one of the first conquerors were actually the Moors, even though they tried yeah. to change that yep. history. We mm-hmm. for the Moors, so that's yeah. for all Caucasians and everything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were the first to do a lot of things that they don't want to give. give us credit for. True. <laughs> no, yeah, no. I mean, I, I think of that uh, that lo- that scene in True Romance where uh, where uh, uh, the dad who's about about to get killed by uh, Christopher Walken and is talking about the Moors conquered Italy and that's how they, the the the, Ita- the Italians used to be. So- so, no, I, learned, just I learned that. about the Moors because of Robin Hood, no. Prince of Thieves. <laughs> I was like, why is he afraid of him? Because he's a Moor. Oh, honey, let me tell you. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to sound so ignorant. Like so many people listening to this are going to start screaming at their phones or whatever they're listening on. Forgive me if I'm wrong. But I recall like reading or learning something like people in Kush in Timbuktu, et cetera, had all this advanced technology um, gunpowder, mathematics, et cetera, et cetera. But they were like centers of knowledge. Like if I recall correctly, Plato, yeah. Socrates, et cetera, studied over in these African mm-hmm. countries mm-hmm. that were very giving and providing and free flowing mm-hmm. with the information and knowledge. Like they were, they looked at themselves as education centers. Yes. So people went and took this technology and then took it back to their hometowns and kind of used it for warlike purposes instead of yeah. spreading yeah. knowledge yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then, went, and then went back I, and I believe the alchemist is that yeah. where he traveled to um, his journey I believe was to 
was to Africa. I, I, that's, that's how I take it because mm-hmm. of all the knowledge that was being acquired. And what I know is that, you know, our tribes, our ancestors, there were groups of educators. There were groups of healers. There were groups of, you know, like everybody kind of had their, their specialty and, and mm-hmm. what they did and what they, um, what they provided or, um, what they added to society, you know, what, what they were able to, to give to make society better. So I, um, I, I completely, you know, agree with you on that. Like wherever you read it, I've you know, kind of read the same information, but it's, um, it's super powerful to know. Um, I mean, you know, Cleopatra was using, you know, cannabis in her bath, you know, um, women used to bathe together, um, to do yoni steams and they were using cannabis and, and using, you know, just, other things that were naturally grown there. Um, you know, the, the pyramids, come on, that is like, come on, you know what I'm saying? Like people had to be be using mathematics and, and other forms of our basic, you know, learning structures now to be able to do that, you know, without any modern freaking technology. So, Um, so one of the, and this goes back to what I was saying, the reason why we don't know all of these things or we don't believe all of these things widespread is because history is written by the victors. mm -hmm, And mm -hmm, so therefore mm -hmm. most of our history has been written by white people. That Mm -hmm. that's literally like, uh, we, those education centers, the, that information that was learned there was taken back and eventually bastardized into really terrible things that ended up helping conquer those countries and those places mm-hmm. and burn to the ground all of that knowledge. I mean, the Library of Alexandria, like I, when mm-hmm. I first learned about that, I had like pain, like I was actively seeing this happen because just the idea of all of that knowledge being lost forever mm-hmm. because the person mm-hmm. who was conquering didn't want that knowledge to get out. Yeah. That has happened so many times over and over again in history. And it comes down to this quote unquote, not, you know, not race, not one type of person, but this overarching power structure that leads from lightest to darkest. And, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that, I mean, especially back from back then when, cause yeah, the Middle East had some of the very first uh, astronomers mm-hmm. and yeah, figuring mm-hmm. out calculus and everything like that. And it was when religion, in that case, yes. when when Islam yes. came to there, you know, th- they had to say no. Your education, your knowledge, your actual facts doesn't beat my invisible God. <laughs> So, well, and I mean, literally, the Dark Ages were because they denied science for bingo. so long. Yep. Like, that's, it wasn't dark because it was like the sky was dark or yeah. some shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's, so, yeah, that's, and all of that, I mean, I, unfortunately, the thing that's supposed to bring people comfort and things like that uh, is the thing that has destroyed so much of knowledge, yeah. religion. So, yeah, just, I mean, for, for an easy example, just right off the top of my head, let's just talk about King James Version of the Bible. Why is it called the King, why is it called the King James Version of the Bible? Oh, because it was, cre- it was pieced together in order to please this particular king who was in power at the time. And parts that he didn't like were taken out and parts that he did like were added in and stories were expanded or cut depending on, you know, the people who were in power. So mm-hmm. women were taken out, women were taken putting in. Oh yeah. You know, women uh, were villainized. Were, women were villainized yeah, from like the they were beginning homes, of it. They were, yeah, yeah. The, the initial was from Emperor Constantine who who had his 
because Constantine was looking for a way to bring power over people by emplacing religion. And yeah, he, yeah, he, he got, he was, he had enough power that he could gather all these people together and say, yeah, I like that. That will work. You know, nope, that's going. And yeah, then yeah, the Jacobites, which is King James, uh, in Scotland, um, <laughs> Scottish got you know, Scottish people Outlander. will fuck some shit up. Outlander. Uh, <laughs> That's how I know about that. I know about the Jacobites because of TV. Thank right. You. So yeah, and then it, yeah, then yeah, then then white people got a hold of it. White. <laughs> and, white. And it was all downhill from there. <laughs> I mean, because because it was Scottish, it was Scottish people over here who mm-hmm. created the KKK. So uh-huh. <laughs> so. Oh, uh, really? oh yeah. Boy, yeah. Yep. Campbell. I, I keep forgetting. I did not know that. Yeah. Me either. Wow. So yeah, I mean, I, I love my. I mean, I love my Scottish heritage uh, for a lot of things. I mean, they fought against you know the the Brit because the 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 Scottish folks were basically the lesser of you know the lesser than and mm-hmm. and so yeah they were wanting you know they were. For fought for years and years against the English, the, against the Britons, uh, which then became the English, and then and ended up take ended up taking over Scotland. Uh, he knows a lot of stuff so. about Scotland, and he can talk about it for hours. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I mean, that's that's that that was how I mean this is, and the Scottish people are still trying to get away yeah. from England to this day. Yep. So Very anyway, well, isn't everybody? Yeah. <laughs> so let's blame it all on England. All right. All right. So, yeah, I think that that uh, about wraps it up. Um, There was one little trivia thing that I thought was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, The the montage song. Oh, yeah. uh, Straight out of the oven made with nothing but loving was also written by, is it Asheru? Asheru. I think I think I've never actually heard it pronounced, but I mean, it sounds logical that it would be Asheru. And they Hmm. are. They, uh, that's who wrote the uh, who wrote the theme song for the show. Yeah. So, so we we we're seeing that that person pop up over and over again now because part of one of his songs was in the MLK speech. Yep, that was. And then that, we've got this video, well, and I can't say the name of it oh, because yeah. it's an N word. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I said that in the team chat uh, where uh, about with that the link to that song because oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. goes more in depth other than just what you hear. There's a lot more mm-hmm. about the, the alt love to complain all this stuff, and then but but and then there's a, the second part is. I love them because that this and this and this. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's, yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's like the duality. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I do want to give a quick shout out to everybody that's been commenting and leaving messages. Um, those that, you know, said they would like to have further conversation with us. I think that's really cool. I see the tweets. Um, I've seen some, I actually downloaded Discord from my phone, so I'm getting notifications from people. Yes. Comment there, so. Join the Discord out there. Everybody join the Discord if you're not yeah. already on it. We'll have the link in the show notes for an invite. Yeah, it's a great way. We'd love to talk to you guys and continue the conversation and, you know, definitely feel like you can um, feel free to bend our ears and, you know, we love to talk. So, you know, hey. Um, but I just wanted to give a shout out to, to all of those people. I think that's really cool. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. And all of those people who are not on our social media yet, but have started to figure out how to do it. <laughs> I want to shout out to them, too. I get yes. um, I get random messages on Twitter. Hey, I just found your show and it's really great. And, da, da, da. and like they're not adding me or anything like that. They're just like saying, hey, this is really cool. Thanks for doing it. Yeah. 
And I think that's just amazing. It is. It is. It makes us even more rewarding. Definitely. Yeah. Some. All right. And I hope everybody had a, because this is going to be out over the weekend. So hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't do Thanksgiving, I hope you had a good week. Yes. And hopefully, and if you work retail, I hope you get a day off. Oh, yeah. I hope you got that itis. Right? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't take this the wrong way, but I need you to get the hell up out of here. Hey, thanks so much for joining us again as we make our way through the trials and tribulations of the Freeman family. We hope to see you back again next week for Let's Nab Oprah. Want to know where to find us on the social medias or where to subscribe to the podcast? Just head right over to www.theboondockspod.com slash links. Have a stupid white people question you want to leave us? Email us at host at theboondockspod.com or leave us a voicemail at 760-933-8636. That's 760-WE-3-UNDO. Shout out to the artists who've created our intro and outro tunes. Our intro is hashtag make a change by K-I-R-K. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, and Tidal. Our outro is Good Times by Audio Binger. You can find them on freemusicarchive.org and YouTube.